You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. It's Thursday. Good to have you with us. Tag a friend. Let them know that they can get us on Facebook, YouTube, and I want you to begin to transition over to Mike Moore Ministries. That's going to be your primary way of getting us very, very soon. Listen, I am going to begin a new series today that I know is going to bless your life. No doubt about it. Now, <clears throat> I want to share something with you, and I ask you a question. Have you ever been led by the Holy Spirit, but didn't know you were being led, and then later on you caught up with what the Holy Spirit was doing? I was led to teach a, a series, this series here, and, and initially I, I thought this doesn't, fit what I've been teaching. But then I realized something at the end of this year, 2022, my son is going, Michael Kenneth Moore is going to become the lead pastor of the church that I have pastored for 41 years and eight months. So I'm transitioning out. He's going to be transitioning in. So I am in transition. So I sense something after being led that the Holy Spirit was leading me to share things that the Holy Spirit has taught me over the years and has brought success in my life and success in my ministry. And I completed a series entitled Winning the Marriage Game. It was eight lessons, and little did I know the Holy Spirit wanted me to share that first because it was critical in my success, ongoing success, because success is a process, Success has to begin in your home, has to begin in your life. So that series was very critical because God brought my wife and I from a point of struggling in our marriage to a place where we consider each other best friends, great marriage. Well, I'm going to begin a series uh, today that deals with finances if you are a visionary, whether you be an individual, family, a vision for your family, business, ministry, pastor, leader, and you have a vision, it is going to require finances. And as believers, we look to God for our financial support. This series that I'm going to begin today was a critical revelation that God gave me from the Spirit of God that if I had to pick anything that I've learned from God about the area of believing God for finances, this would be the series. 
it would be the crowning series. I believe it will bless you, especially if you're a visionary, you're going to have to have finances to facilitate and carry out that vision. So I want to begin to share with you a revelation that I'm entitling the God of abundance, the God of abundance. This is lesson one, and our theme for the series will be developing an abundance mentality, developing an abundance mentality. You're not going to be successful in any vision if you don't have an abundance mentality, especially if you are a believer. Uh, uh, we'll give you a subtopic for each lesson. And our subtopic today is what is the abundant life? What is the abundant life? John 10, 10 is our background text. I'll read it from three different translations. John 10, 10 in the New King James Version, Jesus says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That is the New King James Version. The John 10, 10 in the New Living Translation, Jesus says it this way. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So we have two things in juxtaposition. Jesus says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. He contrasts the thief's purpose with his purpose. He said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's the New Living Translation. And then finally, the Amplified, John 10, 10 in the Amplified version of the Bible, it says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. The God of abundance. So right away, listener, we see from this text in all three translations that God is not our problem. Will you say that after me? God is not my problem. In this text, it says the devil comes to steal. He comes to steal our fellowship with God. He comes to steal our peace. He comes to steal our health. He comes to steal our relationships. He comes to steal our joy, our finances. He comes to steal our faith. He comes to steal our influence. But he also comes to kill. He comes to kill our hopes. He comes to kill our ambitions. He comes to kill our dreams. But he also comes to destroy he comes to destroy our vision, 
our God-ordained destiny. He comes to destroy our life. He comes to destroy all those who are connected to us in relationship. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, watchful, because your adversary, the word adversary means enemy, your enemy, the devil, walks about seeking whom he may devour. So right away, we realize that God is not our problem. John 10, 10 says that Jesus came so that we might have, H-A-V-E, he came that we might have. Often when I teach this text, I stop at the word have. Jesus came so that we might have. He didn't come to take away. He didn't come to steal. He didn't come to kill. He didn't come to destroy. He came so that we might have, so that we might have. He came so that there would be addition to our lives. Jesus came so that we might have life. The Greek word there is the word zoe. It means life in the absolute sense. It means the fullness of life. It means total life. It means life as God lives it, the God quality of life. Jesus came so that we might have life, not death. He didn't come so that we might have death. Death was already in the earth. Satan opened the door. Satan is the author of death. And Adam opened the door to death through his disobedience in the Garden of Eden. So Jesus didn't come for us to have death. He came for us to have life, the God quality of life. And then he came so that we might have abundance. Will you say abundance? Because in this series, we want to develop an abundance mentality in you. And I hope you're a visionary. As a father, as a mother, as a parent, you should be a visionary for your children. As a leader of your home, husband, you should be a visionary. If you're a supervisor, if you're a manager, if you're head of anything, if you're a minister, if you're a business leader, you should have a vision. God wants you to have an, a vision of abundance, abundance. This is a revelation that I received around 1986. And I won't spend much time telling you the specifics of 1986. I'll tell you that later. But we were, I was, my wife and I was pastoring the church that I pastored for 41 years. We were in the beginning stages around the fourth or fifth year of our pastorates. We were in a school building that had been discontinued and we took out a loan 
to buy this old school building, and it was a loan of $25,000. I received this revelation that God is the God of abundance in 1986 in this school, this old school building. Let's fast forward. We'll come back later and talk about the conditions and the environment that God spoke this into my heart. But let's fast forward. I pastor now a debt-free church, a debt-free church. We have here at Faith Chapel two campuses, Faith Chapel, Birmingham, Faith Chapel, Columbus, Georgia. Our Columbus campus is our new campus. Presently, we are worshiping in Columbus, at Columbus State University in the University Hall. But if we go back to our first campus, Birmingham, here in Birmingham, we have 140 acres of land. We have a 3,000-seat dome worship sanctuary that costs $16 million. We have a six-dome, $26 million family activity center that we call the bridge. We have a facility downtown where we minister to the homeless. Presently, we are a debt-free ministry. The 3,000-seat, $16 million dome paid off. The $26 million paid off. The facility downtown is paid for. The 140 acres are paid for. Our church is a great giving church. We give 10% of everything that comes in our church through tithes and offerings out to other individuals, other ministries, other situations as God lead us. I have prospered in my ministry. Many of my members has prospered. And what we were basing our faith on is that God is a God of abundance. Sure, there were many factors in our success, a God-given vision, wonderful people. You have to have committed people who love the ministry, believe in the vision, will commit to giving toward the vision. But we were all believing God. It was God that blessed this church, God that blessed this ministry financially. One of the greatest giving churches in America. I believe that with all my heart. What were we believing? We were, and we presently believe, that God is the God of abundance. So in this first lesson, we're talking about what is the abundant life. So now, let's define abundance. Jesus said, <coughs> pardon me, Jesus said in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they might have life and have life more abundantly. So what is abundance? 
What is abundance? There are two sides to this word abundance. This word has a twofold meaning. The first meaning of the word abundance is abundance means superior in quality. The second meaning of the word abundance is super abundant in quantity. So let's begin with superior in quality. Superior, the word abundance means superior in quality. Say that, superior in quality. Isaiah 119 in the traditional King James Version says, If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat, enjoy the good of the land. The word good in the Hebrew, the Old Testament is written in the Hebrew, originally written in the Hebrew language. The word good in the Hebrew means that which is appealing and pleasant to the senses. That which is appealing and pleasant to the senses. It also means items of superior quality and desirability. Items of superior quality and desirability. It also means the best. So if we look at this verse, Isaiah 119 and other tech and other translations, the New American Standard Bible, Isaiah 1, 19 says, if you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land, the best of the land. Now, God is making this promise to his people. You will eat the best of the land. If we look at this same verse, Isaiah 1, 19, in Moffat's translation, it says, if only you are willing to obey, you will feed on the best of the land. Now, notice the word best. God says, if you're willing and obedient, you will enjoy the best. He's speaking to his people. We're talking about what does this word abundance mean? It means superior in quality. It means the best. Now watch this. Luke 15. This is a mind renewal a lesson. This series is a mind renewal series. I had to renew my mind, our congregation, our members. We had to renew our mind. We had to change our way of thinking and embrace God's way of thinking. And we had to see that he is a God of abundance. And that's what you have to see. You have to see whether it's an individual vision, corporate vision, you're going to need finances. So the scripture says in Isaiah 1, 19, if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good or the best of the land. Now let's look at Luke 15, 22. Jesus tells a parable in Luke 15 about what we call the prodigal. There were two sons to this wealthy man. And the younger son came to his father and said, Now, Father, I want the inheritance that I have in you as a son, and I want it now. 
not after you die, I want it now. And the Bible said, this is a parable. Jesus telling the parable. And he says that uh, the father divided his in, the inheritance between him and his brother. The younger son went off into a foreign land. And the Bible said he wasted his substance in riotous living, wasted his substance, end up in the hog pen of life. And in the hog pen of life, having rejected the government of his father, the leadership of his father, the love of his father, wanting to go out on his own in rebellion, not ready to walk in the fullness of what God, his, what his father had planned for him. He's in the hog pen of life, but the Bible says he came to himself. He came to himself. He thought about the servants in his father's household, how they lived a high quality life. And he said, here I am a son and I'm in this hog pen. He came to himself. He said, I will arise. I'll go to my father and I'll repent. And I said, father, I sinned and, 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 and I don't want to be a, a son anymore. I know I don't deserve to be a son anymore, but if you just make me a servant, I, I'll accept that. He realized that being a servant in his father's house was better than being a son in the hog pen. So he went home and, and before he could get to the to the yard, the father saw him coming in the distance, ran and embraced him and hugged him and kissed him. And before the boy could get out his confession, the father called his servants, said, now, listen, I want you to bring the best robe and sandals and put a ring on his hand because this is my son. He was lost, but he's found. That's Luke 15, 22. But the father said, the New King James Version, the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Now, think about it. Jesus is telling a parable and this parable is about God. It's really about God. And it's about uh, sons who are willing to uh, stay home and sons who, he's talking deep stuff here, but yet simple stuff. And how the son, even though he rebelled and, and he repented, he came back. His father's desire was for him to have the best, say the best. So we see this side of the word abundance, superior in quality, is superior in quality. And it can be defined in two words, the best, the best. Now, listen to me carefully. God wants you, believer to enjoy the best this world has to offer. I am not going to back off of that. I am not. I know that's tough for some of you to believe, and I know that people persecute uh, this kind of teaching. God the Father wants you, believer, son, daughter of God, he wants you to enjoy the best this world has to offer. If you are a pastor or apostle, a prophet, evangelist, teacher, a leader of a, 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 a Christian ministry, God wants you to have the best equipment and the best facilities. He wants you to have 
the very best in reaching people, the best technology. He wants you to have the best. Come on, say the best. You see, God created the earth and everything in it. And he wanted his man, Adam, the believer. See, Adam was a believer at that time. He gave the earth and all of its resources, which would include gold and silver and all the things that the best life is created from, the earth. He gave it to Adam to develop and enjoy. God never intended for the uh, ungodly to own all the wealth of the world and believers to struggle in life. That is not God's plan for your life. But you have to renew your mind. God is not opposed to your personal comfort, convenience. He's not opposed to you having things that make the use of your time and energy more efficient. Give you an example. Let's say you're going to take a trip to, to Los Angeles. You live in Birmingham, Alabama. You're in the South. You're going to take a trip to Birmingham. Now, you can take a trip by bicycle. You can get you a good bike, and you can go all the way to California on a bicycle. Take you a while to get there. You're going to get some good exercise, but you can do it. All things being equal. Or you can fly on a plane. Be much easier, get there quicker, more comfort, more convenient, more efficient. You can go by bike, you can go by airplane. If God had his choice, he would want you to go by plane. Why? Because he's not opposed to your personal comfort. He's not opposed to you having things that make life more efficient. He's not opposed to your comfort. There's something that we've embraced in the church, and it's unfortunate that somehow God is pleased with us living an uncomfortable life. I just don't believe that is the balance of Scripture. We may find ourselves in some uncomfortable places, but that's not God's plan for the believer. God lives in heaven. Come on, say heaven, and heaven is an extremely elegant, extremely pleasurable, extremely comfortable, extremely beautiful place. And God the Father is not opposed to you having comfort, convenience, beauty, elegance. He's not, in fact, He prefers it for you. Because you can have an elegant life, a pleasurable life, a comfortable life, a beautiful life, and enjoy beautiful things in this life. And it's going to require resources to do that. And yet love God. I live more comfortable now than I ever lived before in my life. And I love God more today than I did when I first got saved. So this thought that somehow if I enjoy comfort and pleasure and elegance, I have to backslide and I can't love God and I'm going to turn away from God. That is not what the scripture teaches. Now, you can, but you don't have to. According to Matthew 6, 9 through 10, Jesus instructed his disciples to pray, thy will be done 
in earth as it is in heaven. And I remind you of what I said. Heaven is an extremely elegant, pleasurable, comfortable, and beautiful place. And God instructed the disciples to pray, Thou will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Listen, God wants you to experience a superior quality of life. And that's what abundance means. It means a superior quality of life. He wants you to enjoy the best. But the second definition of this word abundance is superabundant in quantity. Superabundant in quantity. Let's look at some definitions of what I mean when I say superabundant in quantity. The words superabundant in quantity means to have more than what is necessary means to exceed what is needed, to have more than enough, to overflow, to have too much. Now think about it. The word, the second definition of the word abundance, and that's why Jesus came so that you could have abundance means super abundant in quantity. And the word, words super abundant in quantity means having more than what is necessary. There are some things that are necessary for you to survive in this life. Physically, uh, naturally, materially, financially, there's just certain things that you have to have to survive. God wants you to have more than what is necessary. He wants you to have more. He wants you to exceed what is needed. The things that you need in life, housing and clothing and uh, food and all the things that you need, he wants you to exceed what is needed. He wants you to have more than enough, more than enough, not just enough, more than enough. He wants your life in terms of quantity. And I'm talking about things. I'm talking about financial resources. He wants this to overflow. Now we'll get into the why later. He wants this to overflow. He wants your life to overflow. And then he wants you to have too much. Now I want you to form your lips and your, your mouth. And I want you to say too much. I want you to say it too much. God wants you to have too much in life. So we see this side of the word abundance is super abundant in quantity. And it can be defined in two words, too much. So we've gone from the best to too much. The best to too much. The best to too much. God wants you. Now, I want you to listen to me. All I'm trying to do is renew your mind. Remember, we're in that small school building. We're not in a 3,000-seat sanctuary. We're not on 140 acres of land. We're on three acres of land. We're on 3.4 acres of land in an old school building. And God began to download this in my spirit, that he's a God of abundance. 
So God wants you, believer, to have more than enough resources to fulfill your God, your personal God-given vision. I'll say that again. I'm speaking right to you. God wants you to have more than enough resources, more than enough resources. God wants you to have more than enough resources to fulfill your personal God-given vision. I'm speaking to you on an individual level. Now listen at this. Luke 5, 6, in the New King James Version, Peter had, and his, his partners had been fishing all night and they didn't catch a thing. Jesus said this to Peter. I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to let down your nets for a large catch of fish, a draw. Now watch this. Luke 5, 6 says, And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net were, were breaking. Their net was breaking. That's too much. It was too much in that net. It was too much in that net. They called their partners over and they filled both ships and the ships began to sink too much. Now listen at this. If you are a pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, whatever you're over, some parachurch ministry, you're going to need resources. Now listen at this. Now, I just said what God wants you to have on a personal level. On a corporate level, God wants his church. That would include every person leading any kind of ministry, local church, whatever, parachurch ministry. God wants his church in the earth to have more than enough resources to establish his kingdom agenda and purposes in the earth. God wants his church in the earth to have more than enough resources to establish his kingdom agendas and purposes in the earth. You hear me, pastor? You hear me, apostle? You hear me, prophet? You hear me, teacher? You hear me, parachurch leader? You hear me, ministry leader? We see, we, you hear me, Christian businessman? You dedicated your business to God. You have this group of people. You're, you're trying to do something, and bless people's lives, and, and expand the kingdom at the same time. God wants you to have more than enough resources, more than enough resources, more than enough resources to fulfill that a kingdom agenda that God has given you, given your church, given your ministry, given your business. God wants you to have more than enough. I want you to listen to me. God wants you to have more than enough resources to fulfill that God-given vision. Now, listen at Exodus 36, verse 7 in the New King James Version. God instructed Moses to instruct the people to bring gifts for the building of the tabernacle in the wilderness. It was God's kingdom agenda and purpose. The people were bringing, they were bringing their gifts. And then 
they had so much that Moses sent out a commandment to restrain the people from giving any more gifts toward the building of the tabernacle. In verse 7, Exodus 36, 7, it says, For the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done, and indeed too much. So in closing, and this is just our first lesson, in closing, what is the abundant life? In closing, what is the abundant life? The abundant life is enjoying the best and having too much. The abundant life is enjoying the best and having too much. Enjoying the best, having too much, enjoying the best, having too much is the abundant life. Now, as I close, I'll say this to you. When I first heard this, this may be difficult for you, depending on what your teaching background, your circumstances, what you've thought about money. It could be extremely difficult. It can seem like this is just a hoop dream. You know, that this, this could be true. And I'll be honest with you. When I first heard this, and later I'll tell you the circumstances I was in, it seemed like a hoop dream to me too. It, it, it took time for me to renew my mind to get a revelation because it just seemed so far outside of my experience. So if you're struggling, just believe in this right now. It's all right. It's all right. Go back and listen to it. But I want you to hang in there with me. Listen to every lesson. Your mind is going to re renew and God is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're going to be able able to walk in the abundant life. Thank you so very much for uh, spending this time. We're going to pick up right here in our next, next session. I look forward to seeing you then. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.